I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. It's October. I know there are so many people who are like turn fall into their whole personality. I swear I'm not like that person, but I do enjoy fall. I do enjoy October. It's my birthday month. I'm also not one of those people who's like, we have to celebrate my entire birthday month. No, but it's always been my favorite month because of that. And it's, you know, spooky season, witchy, you know, I'm born on Halloween. Um, so I like it. I like the darkness. I like watching practical magic. I like, you know, these things are all things I enjoy. As we know, I've been talking about Sad Girl Fall with the Casey Musgraves album and then Taylor's album re-release of Red. Um, and now we definitely are getting the Adele album too. Like we're getting new music next week. We're getting a single. So, I mean, people think, so for those of you who don't know, Taylor's, Red Red Taylor's version was supposed to come out on November 19th. It's now coming out November 12th before anything was like confirmed from Adele. There's been rumors for a long time that her next album was coming. People think they might have Taylor might have shifted her date so that they're not the same, but um Adele then confirmed this week that a single is coming on the 15th. So that's very exciting. She also changed her profile pic on Instagram, a telltale sign from an artist that a new era is coming. So, yeah, we're going to get emotionally fucked by, by Adele, too. And that's incredible. I cannot wait. Um, I feel like Adele, like, separately, like, she's dating Rich Paul, who's, like, um, LeBron's agent. I love this. Um, she, everyone was talking about Adele again, I feel like, because that Tom Brady returns to Foxborough as a Buccaneer to like face the Patriots, like the NBC promo that used, um, hello (laughs) was so funny. And I feel like just non-football people were talking about it. It was so dramatic. I loved it though. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it was like so funny so anyway I'm so excited I mean Adele like like Casey Musgraves Adele has gotten divorced since she last gave us an album so do with that what you will um it's very exciting for sad girl fall and you just get me today on the pod no no I mean maybe some of you like that maybe some of you are like fuck okay like pause we don't need to listen to this one that's fine too um, we'll be back with a great guest next week. Um, I figured we could just talk about some stuff that I'm watching right now. I watched a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm also, I'm like some kind of way today. I am now some people will think this is ridiculous. I'm doing that prolon like five day mimicking fasting thing that they always talk about on goop, which some people will roll their eyes at and that's fine. Some of you will DM me and be like, how is it? What's, how's it going? Whatever. It's great. I'm totally into it. Um, but I am on day three. And I'm not like crazy hungry, but I also feel like maybe I've just been spending too much time by myself and I'm really snippier than I think I am. Who knows? And then I'm also on a high because I kind of spontaneously decided to buy tickets for the Harry Styles concert on my actual birthday on Halloween. It's called Harryween. It's at MSG. 
I have been thinking about this for a while. I mean, the rush of adrenaline this has given me is out of control, but I've been thinking about it for a while. I've been looking at ticket prices. I love that this week he he did um, Sunday night and Monday night at the Garden already. And a number of my friends went. I was getting so many clips and I loved it. So many people were so excited to go. And so some of those people were already like me type fans. But what I loved was my more casual fan friends. I feel like they're a little less casual today than they were before they went. And now they understand a little part of me a little bit better. So anyway, I was like, oh, I need to go to New York. And so I'm going because that's life is short. And I would like to spend my birthday doing that. And then three days later, go to go again in Milwaukee. So, you know, it's great. Just following the British man around with my friends. So it's very exciting. But I will say, like, literally, if you ever just when you do that, like spontaneously decide to go somewhere, do something, it's the best rush. And yeah. So I'm in a pretty good mood, even though I might be a little hungry. So we'll see what that leads to in my in my ramblings about what I've been watching. So we'll be right back with more of that. So last week, I know if you listened, Heather and Jessica from Go Fug Yourself and I talked a bit about Grey's Anatomy because we all love it so much, but we actually hadn't seen the season premiere for this season yet, which happened last week. So, I mean, spoilers involved, but it's been a week. Like if you watch Grey's, you've probably watched it and if whatever. This is like less about the Grey's of it all and more about a face that appeared that I did not know was going to happen. Um, if you read my newsletter, I did mention this, and I have mentioned this before, that I think that in the post-Derek era of Meredith Grey's life, there has been one possible love interest that they have like had on screen with her that I thought they had so much chemistry. I could totally see it. The character made sense from what we knew of him. And that was a fellow doctor played by Scott Speedman. And he was at Grey Sloan to Meredith did like a a transplant on him. And he's like, he was like raising his niece. It was, they crackled, they crackled with chemistry. Anyway, I have always said that he is the one person that I'm like, that's, if they're going to, if Meredith is going to be with someone, it should be Scott Speedman's character. Well, he appeared this week and he's going to be a series regular. And now I think they're end game. And I'm so excited because we're also we're getting double Scott Speedman this fall. So if you watch Grey's and if you watch You, because he's on the new season of You. And I've mentioned this before, but he's now on Instagram. I have loved Scott Speedman since he first graced my screen in the pilot of Felicity. I get it. I get why she like followed that guy. I mean, I don't think I'm the person who would have followed a guy to college. Truly, I'm not. But I, I, like, I can understand why Felicity made that decision. I was always team Ben. I, I, you know, good for you, Scott Foley, who also had like a, a nice arc on, on Grey's Anatomy. And I actually liked him there. I mean, Noel was nice, but like, no. Always Ben. Even, I mean, Ben is not always a good boyfriend. Um, not always a good person, but it is a good heart. And I don't understand. Like, I, this is, 
probably over the past, the, all the years that we've had, like when Facebook was our only social media, this debate will get my mentions fired up like nothing else. Obviously, this is like kind of age specific. Um, but Noel versus Ben is one of my favorite debates. I will never waver. I love how fired up everybody gets. I mean, I get fired up. Um, we might, I think we're going to have to do it again on Instagram. Um, bring your arguments. Like, listen, it's not the end all be all, but that swimmer body that he has is phenomenal and cannot be ignored. I have, I have said many times and, and on here that I enjoy the, you know, emotionally unavailable, but some, you know, depends. Like they're different kinds, like the bad boy, like Dylan McKay, who really is just like a troubled, like sweetheart underneath. Like Ben, Ben Covington is like that too with his issues. And, but he's like a good guy and, and I, and he's so compelling. Like I'm always going to pick that type of person then as opposed to the nicer person, which may, you know, indicate why I'm in my forties and very, very single and like turning myself into a deadhead version, like the deadhead version I was in high school is now just following the British fruit man around. Like, you know, who's to say, I'm not saying I'm making the healthiest choice when it comes to like picking the Ben type over the Noel type, but it's, it's just what's going to happen. And so having him back on my television and about to be back again. And you, I think he's like the neighbor in you to, um, Joe and whatever love, um, and their baby. So anyway, I I'm so excited. It's awesome that he's back. We also got a little dash of Peter Gallagher last week. Like, come on, Grays. Like bringing back all our faves. Don't tell me you don't smile when you see Sandy Cohen on your television. Just don't. There's no way you don't smile when you see Sandy Cohen. Um, Sandy Cohen was the best. Give him all the like bagels and locks. He's the best. And okay, so. Grace, Scott Speedman, we're loving it. Like, no notes for you. Uh, writing, casting team at Gray's. Like, I can't wait to see where we're going. I do, I mean, it. well, one note. Why does Owen Hunt still have to be on this show? Why? 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 Please get rid of him. But we're going to flip now to another gentleman who many people find handsome. I, I never have. And this is like before Red, the original version, was released. Um, I watched Jake Gyllenhaal's new movie Guilty on Netflix. I, you know, of course, so I love to hate Jake because I'm a Swifty, but I I really like, I really have never really found him that attractive. Um, one of my friends and I used to always say that his head had like a Fred, Fred Flintstone shape quality to it. Um, but I like appreciate that he is like I appreciate that he's good looking and that people find him very handsome and very attracted to him and he's talented and all that all that stuff. Um, just don't I mean, the Tim and all too well. Anything nice I just said about him will probably be erased from my brain, like Eternal Sunshine style. But I thought he was pretty good in this movie anyway. I but I will say like he used to go to this. Soul Cycle class that I would go to sometimes and um in Union Square and it was wild to watch girls like 
show up and show out for Jake G, who sometimes would even like any Soul Cycle people know, like he he would he always rode front row, um, and front row is like status symbol. Like I when I was in my heyday, I was riding front row all the time, and then sometimes he would ride the podium, and that was like. When you were like fully enmeshed in the cult, like you would you sometimes ride the podium for the teacher or with the teacher if there were two bikes up there. So sometimes Jake would do that. So he obviously wasn't like about like blending into the background of the class. But these girls would. Oh, my God. It was like I swear it was like a mid morning class. But like it could be a little before work. Maybe it was like an eight o'clock class or something. I can't remember. And they would come and they decked out in their like workout gear and like. To the point, like, this was the extreme. There was this one girl who literally didn't wear a bra. Like, kind of, I mean, she's cute bod, but, like, literally in kind of, like, a little tank, little thin tank top, didn't wear a bra to spin, to spin class. Like, that's the levels. But back to Jake, this movie, Guilty. Um, it, it was pretty good. It's like very, um, very much like a play. Like he, he's barely in any scenes with anyone else, though. He's often talking to people on the phone. He's like a disgraced cop has been put. He's working as a 911 operator. You kind of don't know what that's one of the things like what why is he in this situation? But, you know, it's like caused a rift with his family, with his like former partner, his former partner somehow involved because you hear these phone conversations. And then again, I won't like spoil anything. Like there's, um, a woman who calls and it's, it's Riley Keough's voice. She's great too, doing just like voice acting. And he gets kind of embroiled in what's going on with her and trying to figure it out and trying to like suss out. And again, I don't, I don't want to give away too much there, but I would say definitely worth your time. It was a good watch. Um, it was written by, I, th- I believe it was written by Nick Pizzolatto, who, who did like the True Detective series. But um, yeah, it's good. You should watch it. Um, one other thing, <laughs> this um, is not something I was watching on television, but something I was watching on TikTok. And some of you will know what this is. And for some of you, maybe you've been like, I've read this. I just want to know what it is. Um, and that's Couch Guy and Couch Guy TikTok. Um, the moment it's like, it was really last week or like late last week and over the weekend, like had a lot of traction, but I, it's fascinating what pops on TikTok. Like it was, you know, we did like the sorority rush in Alabama and this was a video, a simple video that I'm sure this girl thought would be simple of her going to surprise her boyfriend at college. And she posts it and she comes in and he's on the couch. Hence, he's couch guy. And there's like three girls next to him. And like you kind of sense that he's not like super psyched or at least that's how it comes off in the video. Anyway, this girl posts it. It's like not trying to get people's opinions, but it goes crazy viral. Like I feel like it has over like like probably at this point it's over 40 million views. People start analyzing this video like does that girl have her hand on his back? Like, what's she doing? He, is he reaching for his phone? It's like people took it like it was the fucking Zapruder film. And I loved it. It was so great. Now, it's inane. So stupid. But like breaking it down, slow-moing it, like looking at the other girl's faces, like looking at his face. Is he, gra- is he what's he doing with his hand? The whole thing. But I will say I have come down on the side. Is, it was sus. 
he did not seem psyched. I do think there might have been something going on with one of those girls. Like the the energy in that room felt like it shifted. Um, and that's that's my take. Again, you can watch all these videos analyzing it. You can also watch it sparked all these spoof videos. It sparked other people sharing videos as like, this is what it looks like when someone's happy and you surprise them. It was, it literally took over my For You page. It was crazy. I was so into it. Like bring this kind of shit to me all the time. It is so fun. So if you've heard people talking about Couch Guy and you're like, I don't understand. It was a guy on a couch in college and his girlfriend surprised him. And now he's like internet famous. And I mean, this girl was fighting for her life in the comments like of the original video. Like it wasn't like that. You don't know. I'm friends with those girls. Again, I don't know, hon. I like I read that room from a video and again that whatever that's worth on a on a TikTok, <laughs> but I I have concerns. I have concerns. And um it was just it was such a fun these are the kind of fun distractions that I think are hilarious. And also just like the internet is so fucking weird. I mean it's awful sometimes, but sometimes it's like and again, this was not fun for these people and I, I should say that. That's but like it's their lives, but I, hopefully they're okay. But it would this if this is what you've been hearing about, this is Couch Guy. Now, the other thing, one of the other things that everyone I feel like online has been talking about is Squid Game, which is, I'm sure you've all heard of it. It's on par, if not already, the biggest show Netflix has ever had globally. Um, it is a Korean show and... So it's, it's, this is like a global phenomenon and, um, gosh, how, how to describe it. So it is about, um, a, some like people who are, you know, financially down on their luck and they're asked to like basically play in this game or series of games uh, with the possibility of earning, winning, um, an enormous amount of money. And it's all very mysterious. It's like very, uh, there's the Hunger Games energy to it. Um, and so they go and they're putting these jumpsuits and the, the people who are running the game are like these guards are all in mass. Again, this is another thing where you don't want to talk too much about it. And then there's, you know, these games are like their takes on like children's games, like red light, green light. And except like you you die like very violently if you lose like some guards will like shoot you in the face it's super fucked up so if you don't like violence like definitely don't watch this show now everyone has been talking about how great this show did it and i was like okay i gotta watch gotta watch it eh, i mean it's fine i don't i'm not as into it as other people and that might be it's just like not exactly my thing though i don't mind like darkness and violence but I don't know. I just couldn't like attach to it. And I thought some of it was really great. I thought there were some like great performances and some of the set design is super cool. You've probably seen this, that like big giant doll. That's like the red light, green light situation. Um, the, yeah, like the production, the set design, like there's some, there's definitely some like intriguing characters for sure. I, I just don't love it as much as everybody else seems to, which is fine. Um, I'm still glad I watched it. It's interesting. I also just like if something's happening that's like a cultural phenomenon, like I'm going to want to watch it. But 
uh, I don't know. And then there's been I've saw I've seen some stories that were interesting about that the translation isn't great and that the screenwriting is actually really, really amazing. And that if you can't, but the translation, both you can either watch it subtitled or you can watch it dubbed. Um, the, the translation in either case is this, this writer was saying is, is not great. And, um, it, it led to some, a sort of online debate about like that people don't invest in good translations and all these things, which is really interesting because of obviously, even if you're watching it, the actual actors speaking, you're read if you're reading the subtitles, um, you know, you get what you get, like, and you just kind of are like, oh, that's what it is. And it, it's like not necessarily the case. So I thought that was really interesting. But, you know, I, I, there's definitely a lot to like investigate in terms of like thematically in the show. I, I, it's like layered and it, it's interesting. The concept just was so interesting to me. I was like, oh, I bet I'll be obsessed with this. And I just like wasn't. So those are my notes on Squid Game. And I will be right back with some more stuff I'm watching right now. Okay, so this other show that I watch, series, mini, limited, mini series, um, The Way Down, God, Greed, and the Story of Gwen Shamblin. You guys, it, we need, all need to watch it. It's three episodes. It's on HBO Max. Um, Chrissy Teigen is one of the producers. It seems to me like the way down is going to be like the umbrella and then they'll tell these different like mini stories. Um, so this one is about Gwen Shamblin. So it's it's documentary. This isn't um, fictionalized. And it is fucking it's a ride. It's a ride. So Gwen Shamblin. I didn't necessarily recognize her by name, but then you see her and you know who she is. She is that blonde woman. That with the hair that. Is, it's almost indescribable, the situation that's happening on her head. It is, it defies logic, possibly gravity. Like, it's insane. And she has, like, done a lot of stuff to her face. And you may, like, there was a, a plane crash, like, and, and it, she, she died. That is known um, when this starts. And um, so you may remember seeing her on the, on the news. But this hair, I mean, the second you see the, the picture, which is terrible for me to be saying because this is not a visual medium. But anyway, she is the founder of this Remnant Fellowship Church that is kind of located like smack down in the middle of like kind of bougie, what the a bougie white Christian suburb of Nashville. And there's a lot of churches in that area. They talk about kind of describe the area, but this is like a very different kind of church, quote unquote, quote unquote church. Um, this town, <laughs> unsurprisingly, recently had like a large group of people get big mad at a school board meeting about about masks. Um, shocker. But this church, I mean, this woman kind of founded this church on <laughs> weight loss which is insanity like 
she basically like attaches and and people who and and this is it fully is like a cult like this is not like this is like a cult situation which we'll talk about in a second but like she attaches purity to to weight loss and how long you can keep the weight off and she has this whole empire of like these these weight loss basically bible classes and says things like stop bowing down to the refrigerator and start bowing back down to him okay so this is like how you like dip into this and you're like this is bonkers this is terrible you know like she's selling these classes doing these like she's like a preacher um, it's like intuitive eating meets a Jesus cult. She's also like basically telling people to eat when they're hungry and don't eat when they're not hungry. But it it's like inserted. She like inserted prayer into portion control, but also like starvation. And it's that's really fucked up, obviously. But also you're just like, wait, what? And you know, there's some real like Mary Cosby from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City vibes, um, but like oh, worse, I think. And then they they build like this campus and people live there and um, it they also work there and they have people and they're like, oh, you're a dry cleaner by trade. You should like open a dry cleaner here and live here and like give the money to the church. Like basically... I don't know. It started to feel like a work camp on this campus. And like, I was like getting like uh, thinking about Sea Org and like Scientology. And, and again, like this is all allegedly, this is like what's laid out in the documentary. The people from this church, like have some statements in there. So it's all done on that, like up it up, whatever. They have like a, a, fa- a father and mother talking about how they kind of lost their like 19, 20 year old daughter into, into this following. It's, it's so insane. And they, there's a whole, then it like takes a dark twist. So where there's like some child abuse stuff and like the way they condition members to like hit their children really hard and often allegedly, um, to like break their will and spirits. It's so dark. It's so dark, but I found it fascinating and so interesting. I mean, they, they talk people who had gotten out of the church are in are interviewed. Um, they like controlled your social media where you went. You know, it's like oh my god, it's like this Nexium, like all those things. So anyway, if you're into stuff like that, I highly recommend it. I like watched it practically in a night. I just had to turn it off because I was just exhausted. But it's only three episodes. I'm excited to see what other um stories they dive into in this apparent series. So that was pretty great if dark, but we know I like dark a lot. Um I you know, it's also like, you know, it's scary times. It's Halloween times. Um so I also rewatched and I did not have this podcast when this movie came out, but if you knew me in real life, I talked about this movie so much that I think people were like just please shut up. But I rewatched Midsommar, the Ari Aster directed movie with Florence Pugh. I watched that the other night. Oh, so good. It was my third time watching it and it's still like fucks with my head. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's God, it's so good. It is um, about a group of like grad students who go 
to Sweden for like midsummer and and this friend of theirs, this like very isolated like rural community, the traditions they have around around midsummer and things get really dark, but not physically dark. That's the thing. It's like a terrifying movie where you feel so disoriented, but also it's light all the time because of where they are and the time of year it is. So it's like bright, but all these disturbing things are happening and it's just like a really well-crafted story. Um, Florence Pugh is so phenomenal. This is the movie where I really became obsessed with her because I believe it came out before Little Women, which she's wonderful in as well. Um, she is, she's like the main character in this and she suffers like a huge tragedy at the beginning before, before they go on this trip. And she's, you know, this movie makes you feel like you're on drugs. It's like, it's so fascinating. But the costuming is like beautiful and like clothes that I would love to wear, like my little hippie self would love to wear. So, um, along with every time you rewatch Practical Magic and, or Halloween, um, I would throw Midsommar into the mix. Um, it's really great. So that, and I've been watching the um, American Crime Story impeachment. I wish I liked it more too. Um, that's the Monica Lewinsky one. Beanie Feldstein is Monica. Sarah Paulson is Linda Tripp. I had to explain to a friend of mine who was younger than me, but not like in her 20s. Which, who Linda Tripp was. And I was like, oh, well, you wouldn't have been old enough to be following the story the way like I was when it was happening or the news in such a way. But I thought we all knew who Linda Tripp was, but I guess I'm wrong. Um, anyway, Sarah Paulson is really good. She's unrecognizable and she's just as mean and fucking conniving and, and just such a bad friend as, as Linda and she's playing her that way uh, as Linda Tripp is because she really what a god um, the things she did to Monica and I mean whatever we all owe Monica a lot of apologies but and Clive Owen is Bill I, like Kobe Smulders is Ann Coulter pretty great Billy Eichner is um, Matt Drudge and he's kind of doing like a campy thing that I'm into. I don't know. I, it's like not bad, but it's not. I'm not enjoying it that much either. But I will. Before I go, I will admit. As we know, I, I wrote about how I love network TV last week in the newsletter, which you can subscribe to at wehavenotes.substack.com. Um, and so I watched the pilot last night. I just wanted something like light and the football game was boring. Um, I watched the big, uh, or the ordinary Joe, sorry, not the big leap. I keep confusing them in my head. They're not the same. Um, I watched ordinary Joe and mm, I'm going to watch episode two. <laughs> so this is the story. This guy's like it, this one decision that he made at college graduation um, whether to go over and ask this girl Amy for her number or go to dinner with his best friend slash like friends with benefits, um, Jenny, or go to dinner with his parents leads to like three totally different um, futures. And so you're like seeing all three of those. 
play out like he's a cop in one he's like a famous singer in another and he's a nurse in another and like who he ends up with and whatever um he's single in one he's with amy in one and he's with jenny in one and i don't know it's corny and it's very network tv but i might be in um as someone who has imagined well, I mean, my, my favorite, one of my favorite lines on Folklore is from my, probably my most played song on that album, which is The One. And when Taylor sings, if one thing had been different, would everything be different today? I think about that line all the time. I think I am like one of those people who thinks about, you know, Sliding Doors is like one of my favorite movies. Um, I think about that stuff all the time in my own head, in my own life. And maybe I shouldn't think about it as much as I do, but um I don't know. It tapped into something and it's like handsome kind of guy, but like handsome in the way that you could know. I forget that actor's name. He's been, he's had a a thousand, thousand pilots. Um, but and he was on Mad Men. Um, I never remember the actor's name, but you'll recognize his face. I don't know. I think I'm in. Whatever that says about me, that's what it says about me. So, Thanks, as always, for listening. As I said, I'll be back next week with a really fun guest. We're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff um, that I think everybody will – some of it will be new and some of it has been out for a minute. So it'll be a fun conversation. And, oh, one thing I wanted to say also, do you have ideas for me for Harry Ween? Like what am I – what am I going to – how am I going to dress for Halloween on my birthday? Um. I don't know. DM me if you have ideas. So um, you can follow me at Abby C. Gardner on Instagram or at Abby Gardner on Twitter um, or at We Have Notes on Instagram as well. Like I said, the newsletter is wehavenotes.substack.com. That comes out on Fridays. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like. Share the podcast with a friend who you think might like it. That's super helpful. I mean, the audience has been like steadily growing and I love it. Um, and it's mostly been like word of mouth and that makes me so happy. I love when I can share something with a friend. So if you think they'd like it, share it. If you don't, please don't, don't feel obligated, obviously. Um, yeah. So thanks so much for listening and I will be back next week and talk to you soon. <laughs>